Hello everyone, my name is Agulana Jose Maria and I'll be your host for today. Welcome to the Angry Money Show, the show that aims to simplify money. We'll be talking about a series of interesting things that happen during the week and we'll be talking about issues around cryptocurrency, um, real estate investments, the bill that came out about cattles and the federal government's removal of medical students' um, internship allowances. So those are the four things we'll be talking about and we're delving deep into this. This is our new segment. We wanted to try something different to see how we can be providing more value to our listeners every single week. So I hope you, I hope you enjoy this. Sit back, relax and enjoy the ride. So before we delve right in into the topic of discussion today, I'll indulge you guys to actually take out a bottle of wine, relax, and just listen, because today's episode <laughs> is going to be fantastic. Trust me on this. So our first news of the week is on cryptocurrency. This week was actually really crazy on cryptocurrency. And I think one of the major things, <laughs> it's been a crazy week, actually. Um, let's, talk, let's talk about Bitcoin. Let's talk about Bitcoin. So it's the world's most prized digital asset. And on Friday, it plunged by 3.68%, um, trading around $49,700, right? Now, let's look at what has happened to Bitcoin in the last 12 months or so. So last year in March, Bitcoin was priced at $5,000, right? January this year, it was trading below $30,000 or so. And by February, it crossed the $50,000 for the first time, right? In just this short while, half a trillion dollars have been wiped off the market. It has been crazy. And... Personally, I'm an investor in the cryptocurrency space, but I'm a long-term investor and I don't really take into cognizance what's happening in the short-term space, right? It did below $50,000 around 4 a.m. in the morning, I think on Friday, and it just caused a massive sellout throughout the day. Now, what's my take on this? I've seen a lot of people on Twitter posting buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. And yes, it is fantastic to buy the dip. But what are you buying? And that's the fundamental question when you look at people that are investing or buying cryptocurrency. They don't even understand the asset class that they're buying into. There are times, uh, there was a time when the cryptocurrency market goes down by 90%. But the price has actually strengthened because of the massive institutional money that have come into play. So you have people like Tesla buying cryptocurrency in Bitcoin. You have Square owned by Jack Dorsey buying it as well. You have PayPal, one of the biggest payment channels in the world, buying it as well. So we have huge people holding Bitcoin. So we can't go down by 90 anytime soon. But here's the issue with retail investors and individual investors like everyone else. The fundamental question we should always ask ourselves is, 
what am I buying and how long am I holding this property or this asset, right? Um, cryptocurrency, especially Bitcoin, they usually consider it as an asset or a currency. Depending on where you are in that spectrum, it's always crucial to understand why you're actually going there. It is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It is Bitcoin is not a form of you getting rich. It is an asset that you can hold. It's more like a digital gold, right? And my take on it is that a lot of people that panicked, especially on Twitter, didn't understand the asset class they were investing in. They didn't understand what they were holding on to. I didn't understand what was going on. So they just went with the trend and sold off. I think something we would have to do for the Angry Money Show in the next episode, that will be next week, is to actually delve deep into what cryptocurrency is, what Bitcoin is, how you can buy it, why you should buy it. Because personally, from my own my own parts or my own opinion, everyone should own a Bitcoin. Like you should, I don't care whether it's 0.005 or something. You should own one. You should try try and own one and see how it goes. But that's what happened this week. It's been a crazy week. And I noticed a lot of people were, were very excited about this. A lot of people were buying it. But the fundamental question you should always ask is, what am I buying? Why am I buying it? And how long am I holding it? So, yeah. So the next news we'll be talking about is on the real estate space. I was reading something the other day and it's from Business Day. They were mentioning, I think the title goes, Growing Real Estate Investment, Impute Cost Increase, Cement Price. I think that's the name of the title. But what they were saying is that a lot of people have been investing in real estate of recent, especially during last year and this year. And they wanted to delve right into what was going on with the cement prices. I think Dangote crossed the 1 trillion Naira revenue mark. And that was due to what has happened, the price increase of cement last year. So they mentioned growing investments in real estate as an alternative, as an alternative asset class for Nigerians looking for where to hedge their funds against inflation is a major reason for the rising price of cement and they went on to say that high impute costs product scarcity or limited supply arising from shocks in the economy and disruptions in production activities is another reason for the current hike in cement prices they now went ahead to say that nigerians are experiencing a galloping inflation so if you guys don't know what galloping inflation is is when the prices of goods and services are increasing by two digits per annum so imagine something is increasing by let's say a 10 percent every single year that's galloping inflation they now mention that apart from the eroding value of the local currency which is the naira oh my goodness and it has affected the food prices i'm sure that everyone is noticing that i'm sure everybody's facing it food prices are going up and it's been crazy so they're basically saying that a lot of a lot of money is being pumped into the real estate sector and that's helping fuel the price increase of a lot of things right so you could see it in the cement but 
from my own take, I was reading the article and they also mentioned that it's not just about the cement, but because about the global um, disruption and the slowdown of a lot of things, goods were not entering as swiftly as they could and they were costing more to enter into Nigeria because of the Naira devaluation. So that affected a lot of things, right? Now, I read something again that it said that the cement price hike is the big reason why landlords are increasing their house rents and putting both existing and prospective tenants under undue pressure. So in Lagos, for example, the rental market has seen about 30% rent increase between December of 2020, that's like four to five months ago, and April. It is crazy. Narometrics did some survey and they mentioned that the property owners across Yaba, Magodo, Ikoi, and Leki Axis also inflated their rents by 30 to 33%. So it means that if you're living in a, a three-bedroom apartment or a two-bedroom apartment or even a self-con, let's go with a self-con, and it's valued at 200k as of last year, the rental value you'll be paying is 260 as of this year and it also got to me because i was speaking to some people that wanted to sell a property um last year the same property duplex was valued at 30 million naira. this year nothing has changed like nothing just the fact that rent the, the fact that inflation has gone up and the fact that the cement prices has gone up because that was the metrics that these people were using to sell the assets the property is worth 50 million now so what as a property investor myself i'm looking at this and i'm seeing huge opportunities in the real estate space right we are facing a housing deficit i think the housing deficit is is like 22 million units and we're facing an increasing population, right? So the urbanization is increasing by 3%. People are pumping into the cities every single year. And it's giving some incentives for investors to look at the property market and say, oh, if I put my money here, I'm going to get the best value. Because again, it's going to be beating the high inflation rate. As the inflation rate is going up, the property prices, the rental value on each asset also goes up. So this was an interesting take from an investor point of view, right? But it was really terrible from like a tenant point of view because it just goes to show you how useless the Naira is at this point in time and how critical it is for everyone to stop saving. <laughs> like literally, saving is the worst thing now putting your money in the commercial bank is the worst right just put the money there for feeding expenses and for flexing but saving is terrible you should actually start investing right and i think it's 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 at the core of the issue now we are facing is it has gone beyond our control that we are forced to actually put our money to work and find different asset classes that are really doing well and that could actually stabilize our own money so that we don't get to lose all our money, right? So it's an interesting take. And I think the investors are right to actually go into real estate because 
is not an inflationary asset you know it's not something that loses value in fact in the worst case scenario if the inflation goes really up the the prices just stabilizes it doesn't go down so i think it's something that is very crucial for a lot of people to consider and look into so that's what happened in the business day real estate news for the week stay tuned for the next one So the third news for the day is more or less on the policy side of things and how it affects everyone. So I think a bill was passed 20th of April, okay, this week as well. Senators support bill to create national database for cows. <laughs> and again, Twitter, Twitter went crazy on that bill. And it was sponsored by Senator Muhammad Bima from Niger South APC. He said the bureau would be created for the purpose of livestock identification, traceability, registration, cattle rustling control, disease control, and other related matters. And he also mentioned that the livestock, um, the senator noted that agriculture is the mainstay of the Nigerian economy with the livestock subsector vital to the nation's social economic development despite current low productivity. So I went back to try to check on okay what is the input of of what is the value or what is the what is the value of this sector to the Nigerian economy. So I was just curious to know exactly what was going on. So according to Statista, they said that in 2019, agriculture contributed around 21.91% to the Nigerians' economy, right? Um, the second is the industry, so manufacturing sector, 27.38. And the highest is the service sector, so services contributed the highest, around 49.73. And I said, okay back it up so how much value did livestock impute into the sector as of recently and i checked it last quarter it was 2.2.3 percent so i was now trying to weigh okay what are the core issues and why is agriculture why is this a major focus for them i kept on reading i said okay let's let's continue what he was let's understand more of the bill So he said the livestock identification refers to keeping records of individual farm animals or group of farm animals so that they can be more easily tracked from their birth through the marketing value chain to the table so to your to your table very interesting and again i i can see the value for this especially for the farmers the lawmaker also went ahead to indicate that this would show some level of transparency in terms of ownership and prevent rustling as well as collate genetic information on animals and improve their ability to trace animals Um, i might not be an expert in this but i do know that nigerians this is the last thing on their mind he noted that despite about 40 percent of the cattle population in west africa Nigeria 
has been unable to participate in the export of meats and other dietary products due to the absence of management systems. So he's saying that this system will actually help in terms of creating some level of participation in the Nigerian space, especially in the export side, so that Nigeria can actually benefit from exporting this meat. So he goes on and on and on and on. Again, a similar bill was passed in the last Senate, but it, didn't, it wasn't signed into law. I'm guessing that this might also, I don't know, if it's a main priority for the president, it might also pass through. But another issue that he mentioned was that he said the system would deter animal theft, aid in security agencies to mitigate the incessant conflicts between herders and animals. So that is very interesting. I would want to see like a bit more details on it to make sure that how how would that happen so you're saying that you're creating this bureau to make sure that you're tracking animals that would eventually know okay when animals are being stolen and would help in fighting herders that maybe might have killed the animals or have stolen the animals in that sense from the farmers so in my point of view i can see some huge benefits for the farmers because this is something that they actually need, especially in areas where there is not some le- there's there's not enough level of accountability in okay where are my where are my animals and how much am I expected to make throughout the life cycle of this of of each of them right? I think this is good and I think it also brings some level of innovation because there are some loopholes in the value chain from the from the moment they're in the farm to when they're in the store to when they're in your house. So there are so many things that, that could be that could be imputed or there are so many innovative things that could come of it once the right data sets are set by the government. So I think kudos to that. I know a lot of people were shouting, oh, why are you focusing on cows um, when we have insecurity in, the, in Nigeria and everything? I do want to like I do want to like that is a that is a valid point. But also like we we need to find ways to like we need to find ways to export things guys like we are not exporting anything. The only thing we know is oil. So we need to find innovative ways that we can actually um export our goods, export what we have and get some foreign exchange. And that helps everyone here in nigeria to benefit from it right so in if it helps the farmers to actually benefit as well that would be great so again i don't see the point in looking in sorting out for this at this moment but i can get the benefits and i can get why farmers and businessmen and innovators will actually be interested in things like this so yes kudos to them So the last news for the day is the federal government removes medical house officers and interns from payroll. So apparently the federal government has removed all medical house officers and interns from the payroll of the federal civil service. So let me give a background to what exactly this is and before I let my sister make some make some clarification on it. So housemanship is something that the medical medical practitioners or medical students um, go through after the six years of their normal 
um, their normal study, right? So after the six years of their normal study, they go to their housemanship, stay one year, then they get their license into practice. Then after that, they go to, um, I think, NYC. And after NYC, they start, they start their, their working careers going forward. So usually, they are paid for their internships for that housemanship period. So that one year after the six years, they are paid for that. And unfortunately, because of this circular that was signed off by the National Council on Establishments, the highest decision body, the, the highest decision making body in the civil service, they won't be paid throughout that one year. So they, they, they just basically considered it as part of their learning process, as part of the seventh year in their learning process. So they said, you guys are not going to be paid. So my sister, who is the founding member of this show, decided to weigh into the issue because it actually affects her <laughs> because she's a fifth year medical student. And I'm going to be introducing her to explain in detail what exactly this is and what she thinks about it. So stay tuned for this. Hello, everybody. My name is Agula Nasomadula Thelma. I am a fifth-year medical student in University of Nigeria, Enugu Campus, and the co-founder of Angry Money Show. Um, with regards the public, the Federation of Public of Civil Service Announcements regarding housemanship, internship, and NYC doctors. Um, news. So basically what they did was to remove houseman, house officers, interns and NYSC doctors as, as grade level salary earners from the public service. So they were basically no longer in the structure or in simple terms where we can no longer be addressed as civil servants. And the reason for that is that they say that the the um, the structure of house officers and interns is part of our training and should not be giving grade level pay and um, that the National Commission on Salaries and Wages is going to consider us for a wage for the services that we provide. So that's basically it. And because the word they use the word consider we may end up not being considered at all so thank you for breaking that down for us and my question on this is what are the likely what are the implications to this so what would happen if you're not paying house officers their their wages like what what are the implications to this policy exactly um shed more light on that aspect well the implication of not paying um house officers is basically that we're just going to have a lot of frustrated and resentful people <laughs> working in the hospitals just so that they can get their medical license and leave 
because the house officer program or the housemanship program is very very important because after you graduate as a medical student you're supposed to be a house officer for a period of one year so that you can get your permanent medical license which gives you the permission to practice in nigeria so without it you can't practice you can't quote unquote get a job in a federal government um, establishment or a state government establishment as a medical doctor um and the house officers are usually the first responders in any hospital system in the clinics in the wards they're the first people to go there and they don't have any specified work hours so most of the time they end up working around the clock some of them have 48 hour calls some of them work throughout the weekend some of them work like slaves actually so without pay they look forward to the pay because there's no point going through all that stress like and it's a lot of stress believe me and not being paid at the end of it because you can't even excuse yourself and you're like the least person in the food chain so everybody gets to defer their own work to you and stuff like that and you just if you think going to the hospital and you see grumpy nurses and doctors and and you think they are being rude to you and they are being uh wicked (laughs) wait till they stop paying them (laughs) things are going to get worse So thank you for that. I truly think my greatest fear is in the aspects of not being incentivized to actually give their best during that one year. So I think I think it's something should also think about Um, what what exactly because a lot of people have been making like different analysis of what they use the money for. So what are what what exactly is or what are the likely things that the money would be used for right so the whole year what are the common things that those to be medical doctors use the housemanship money for yeah yes a lot of house officers actually do use the money that they get from house jobs to um start side hustles and equally some of them use it to fund their um foreign exams to get licenses to practice in other countries yeah it's very very important because um not everybody is of equal socio-economical standing so a lot of them some people can do without having a side hustle while others can't uh they need it to support themselves and their families um it's actually the and reduction in pay is really really is really really bad because as it stands now the mdcn is supposed to run the housemanship program in similar nature as to how nyc program is run where the mdcn gets to post the doctors to different places across the nation um you no longer have the choice of picking where you want to um, do your housemanship. So the implication really means that if you're posted to a different state 
where you probably have to relocate you may probably have to get an apartment maybe far away from the hospital because even if the hospital provides apartments for the house officers may not be enough for every single house officer so or every single intern because apart from Apart from house officers, they equally have nurses, physiotherapists, as the case may be, in those places. So the 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 um, spaces available may not really get to everybody. So eventually, somebody will actually have to spend money on getting a place, spend money to transport themselves to work, and if they don't have that pay to support them, it's going to be very very difficult for them, especially if you can't even get a place that is maybe say close to home, where it may be easier to bear all those expenses so thank you samadala for your insight on this i think my take personally is that the lawmakers should really focus on because there's a huge influx of nigerian doctors to the uk and canada and a lot of people are looking out for medical services a lot of politicians are looking out for medical services outside the country and if you're not incentivizing people or students here you're still going to have the issue of people leaving the country and looking for better standards of living so i i still feel like there should be some level of um incentives given to these guys to encourage them these guys are going to be saving your lives. And if they're angry doing it, it's not going to be very funny. Um, these guys are the first responders in and in the next Ebola crisis, in the next COVID. And I'm not saying that there's going to be a next COVID. <laughs> I'm just saying that if there is anything that would, that would be an emergency, these guys are probably the first people to respond to you. And you want them to be in the best shape of mind and body when they are doing their work. So thank you. Thank you, Samadla, for this. Thank you so much. So we've basically touched on the four different news categories that we have today. We talked about cryptocurrency, we talked about real estate, we talked about government policies, and we talked about the removal of, of the payroll from, from the students. And this is a new segment that we're trying to experiment with, and I hope you guys loved it. And if you guys actually enjoyed it, please don't hesitate to share and subscribe. The next topic that we'll be talking about is on cryptocurrency. And I've mentioned it earlier on, but we're going to be delving deeply. I think after listening to that segment or that episode, you're probably going to be a cryptocurrency expert. I can guarantee that at least you'll be able to comfortably invest by yourself in a Bitcoin or Ethereum. So stay tuned for that. So thank you so much for listening, guys, to this new segment. It's called The Week. We'll be talking about core issues that affect every Nigerian on a personal level. If you love this episode, please subscribe. It helps you to know when more episodes like this come up. 
also share and always continue to have the conversation on twitter on ig or you can just message me thank you so much for listening and always remember today is a great day Thank you.